0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host, I am Kyle Reese. We are joining you via YouTube Live and Twitter Live. Now, the reason we decided to do this uh, combo of YouTube Live and Twitter Live, uh, other than the fact that I don't know what the hell I'm doing nearly 95% of the time, is uh, I hate how close... Twitter Live makes my face to you, uh, you guys deserve better than this. So uh, go to YouTube Live, do it through YouTube Live, I'll be able to see the comments, uh, uh, and then there we go. So not for really, hello, oh see, now I gotta get back into this habit. Not for really calls it from the get-go, I am wearing my pad ugly sweater, I would doubt that this stays on all night, but we'll see how it goes. You can buy this over at Prospects After Dark if it's something you want. Uh, look, we have very little to talk about. Uh, I guess technically we'll start off, uh, Friday was technically, as I say technically 75 times, like I have any fucking clue what I'm doing, uh, Friday was the anniversary of Prospects After Dark. Now, uh, whatever that means to you, uh, it means to you, but to me it means that a little while ago we started doing this really stupid program, uh, and here we are years later doing it again. you know other than that we don't really have much to talk about we have a lockout Uh, the the owners and the players hate us owners hate us more than the players uh, maybe then again who knows who's really getting the cash Uh, your guess is as good as mine but if anybody has any thoughts or any comments uh go ahead and get it going um you know i'll rant on and on you know the place that i'd like to start if we're going to talk about a pad anniversary is to thank uh, uh cardinals gifts for pushing me all those years ago to do this, even though I didn't want to. I still don't really want to, but I do it anyways because I'm trying to entertain. Uh, I say I don't enjoy doing it, but when I'm doing it, I love doing it. It's a pleasure. You guys make it that way. Uh, First, cheers to Cardinals Gifts for pushing this on everyone. Second thing is I want to apologize for taking so long uh, after a promised pad on Friday. Uh, We had some stuff go on over the weekend and uh, I was trying to help out my girlfriend with some stuff. And uh, here we are. Here we are on Sunday uh, with absolutely nothing to talk about. Uh, DeRosa says, uh, hello, uh, uh, Hello, Kyle. Happy anniversary. It's not stupid at all for what it's worth. I see. I'm going to disagree. Uh, no, I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you so much for the kind words. But I think the beauty in Prospects After Dark is just how stupid all of this is. I mean, think about it. I am, I'm in my apartment. Uh, I have Christmas lights that I keep on all year round. I've already dropped the f bomb maybe two or three times, maybe only once. Uh, there's nothing marketable, or uh, uh, maybe even there isn't a whole lot of common sense. By the way, uh, we're drinking four roses. It just seems appropriate that whenever we celebrate an, an-, an anniversary, we drink four roses. And then, then the beer that I'm drinking tonight is this uh, chocolate dunkel from Leinenkrugel. Krugel. Now I'm not a big Leinenkrugel Krugel fan, uh, uh, but this is a pretty good beer, pretty good beer. So enjoy to all of the pad people. Happy anniversary again. This is uh, um. This is uh, this is your show, and I am just the custodian of it. On that YouTube live, six uh, three zero blnd says, "Any update on the size of Tons' biceps?" Now look at my head, right? And when the camera is this close to my head, you can tell just how big and fat and stupid it is, and. I would say that, you know, I'm a six-foot tall, uh, very large man with a very large head that's even larger for his body than his large body. It's that big. Uh, and my head dwarfs in comparison to the size of T- Tyler O'Neill's beautiful manly biceps. Uh, they're, they're tied for first in my, uh, in my world. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Uh, hello, Jacob and a bunch of numbers. Uh, hello, Not Barilli. Uh, he's the best. Uh, Victoria, cheers to you. Uh, oh, Trisha Hudson, hello. How are you? Good evening. Happy anniversary to you, Trisha Hudson. To all of the Cardinals' prospects in the organization, I raise my glass and all of their support systems, who are just as important to the players' uh, success as the actual work that they put in. Uh, Iowan X says, hello, Kyle. Hello, Iowan X. Uh, used to fly the L. Uh, uh, my good friend, Jeff Niehaus. Jeff. I'm sorry about your dud in your um, Advent beer calendar uh, earlier, but, uh, you know, looks like you got a winner to replace it, so, so good for you. Um, uh, yeah, to beer, indeed. Uh, Sarah says, take your shirt off. We'll see. It probably won't take that long, honestly. Uh, Rob Meyer, 87, says, Kyle the man. Uh, the real uh, RW22 says, six foot tall. Sure, Kyle. Yeah, you know what? I'll just go ahead and say uh, – uh, I'm, how about this? I'm 5'11". Uh, 5'11", six foot, somewhere in there. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, uh, the, keep in mind that the, the shape of my head makes me look shorter than what I really am, I think. Uh, v, uh, Brian uh, Van Hecke says, uh, uh, happy holidays, Kyle. Happy holidays to you over there on the YouTube uh, the YouTube channel. Now, I I, I see Van Hecke. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, man, I got too much stuff going on. Brian Van Hecke, uh, there you go. Um, I like that. I like that here I can do this, but here I can do that. Do you guys want to talk about anything? Look, um, I guess the other thing is Ben Saruti and I over at Birds Oh, Jim Jeffers says, why do some hall for all riders vote for 10 people each year? In my first year as king of earth, these people will be sent to re-education camps. From Jim Jeffers as we put that on the screen. Yeah, I'm one of these people who thinks that uh, the hall is already overbloated. You know, I would, I, I would, um, I'd be the type of voter that would only vote for like, the elites, the fringy players I wouldn't even put in there. Uh, But then again, you know, I I get torn. It is a museum, and all the museum is trying to do is recognize the history of the sport. Uh, uh, And, you know, with that in mind, uh, I guess I get the idea of putting as many people in there as possible to inform the masses of, you know, what was going on in certain eras of baseball, in certain times, some of the best players uh, uh, in those eras. Like, I get that. I understand that. So... Yeah, you know, I, I don't blame anybody who's critical of the voters. Uh, it seems like there's a portion of voters for the Hall of Fame that just want attention. Um, as somebody who is doing a live stream right now, I guess I can sympathize with that. Uh, but yeah, so so I don't know. I don't know what the right way, the wrong way to handle it is. I, I think that uh, the minute it became overbloated, the, the minute that you started incorporating people into it that weren't necessarily the elite of the elite, um, you know, although... Since baseball is such a tough sport and only the small portion succeed in it, I guess you could argue that the elite of the elite are, you know, those guys that are kind of on the fringe of the Hall of Fame. But uh, as I ramble out of that, that ramble, um, I get both sides of the argument and I, I guess I just view it as a museum. T- tell me your thoughts on, on my comment there. Uh Uh, Jay Linhardt says, will Inohan Paniagua ever put on weight and throw enough strikes? Yeah, I think that there's a very good chance. You know, uh, with a guy like Inohan Paniagua, our number 38 prospects on the Dirty 35, um, you know, he, he has a good size and a good fastball and good arm action and a good slider. And he's still so young, so yeah, I think he'll get bigger. I think he'll put on more weight, uh, and I think he'll throw strikes. I think that his most likely destination is in the bullpen. Uh, you never want to put him in there right away, but and I think that he, he'll throw enough strikes to be a bullpen arm, you know, in a short, you know, one inning uh, uh, appearance. You know, maybe not, uh, maybe not something at like the highest level, but we'll have to wait and see on that. He's still so young, still so far away. Peoria will be a really good test for him in 2022. Uh, and and we'll see what, you know, we'll see what kind of year he has. He could end up being a lot like Emmanuel Solano, uh, one of my favorite relief pitchers for Peoria last year, just a, uh, an organization grinder who filled some really important innings and kind of wore down. Uh, and he might end up being more than that. But yeah, look, uh, Inohan Paniagua is definitely a name you're going to want to keep an eye on. He's a, he's one of the more intriguing arms uh, drafted, uh, drafted uh, international signings that the Cardinals have had. And uh you know, that, that's good. He, he's a good place to start. Uh, I guess what we're talking about in you know, O'Han Agua. what I was saying earlier is Ben Cerruti and I have been doing uh, the Dirty Flirty Podcast Countdown, uh, the podcast version of it, over at the Birds on the Black uh, uh, Podcast Network. So check that out. We have, uh, I guess, four out already, maybe three. I'm not 100% sure. I think the fourth one came out today. We do prospects 35 through 40, 31 through 35, Twenty-six through thirty, and twenty-one through twenty-five, uh, and then sometime this week we'll record the other ones, and we'll have those up for you too. But uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Um, it's been a blast recording with Ben. Uh, it's technically underneath the conversations for Sarudi uh, 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 banner, but you know it's more just me rambling than it is uh, than you know uh, Ben and I both talking uh Dapperly says would you put bonds in yeah look I'd, i'm not gonna lie uh, even if bonds I, i'm gonna put bonds in i'm gonna put sosa in i'm gonna put manny ramirez in i'm gonna put roger clemens in uh i've done nothing but make terrible mistake after terrible mistake after terrible mistake in my entire life over and over again and sure i didn't profit on it most of the time i don't think at least uh but yeah like I, i'm fine with them put them in the hall who cares like uh I don't know. You know, you've heard some of the uh, the legends talk about, in, about amphetamine use, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 40 years ago, and how the edge that that gave them, uh, you know, if you're talking about horm- human growth hormone, if you're talking about steroids, you know, amphetamine usage. Uh, you know, just because now we can access this information a lot on a more on a wider scale on a larger scale, and just because we can crucify people so quickly now, um, it, it does it does suck for, for them. I, I would think, uh, and uh, you know, it's part of the history of the sport, any way you cut it. I know that people talk about an asterisk. I know that people talk about a certain wing of the Hall of Fame, but you know, each one of these players tells a story, and they paint a picture in time. And I think uh, I think including them is important uh, for whatever that's worth. Spencer underscore STL puts up brings up a great point. He says, "I enjoy the holiday pie from McDonald's, and man, I got to tell you, anything that's warm and has sprinkles on it is right up my alley. Uh, put it in my boy hole." Get it in there nice and 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 quickly, and I'll swallow that thing right down my gullet. I I that little custard, and then the sprinklies on top, and the heats. Yeah, that's that's a good pie. Look, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that since I've gotten older, I have. um, uh, Hey, since I've gotten older, I have really come to like McDonald's. Now, that's embarrassing. It's disgusting. uh, But, you know, I don't really eat a lot of fast food, and it's quick to run into McDonald's and get a double cheeseburger or a triple cheeseburger. On those days, you need a little extra. Uh, So I usually get for lunch now, I get like either a cup of coffee and a double cheeseburger or a a cup of coffee and a triple cheeseburger. And then every once in a while, I'll smuggle in a holiday pie. But uh, for as nasty as McDonald's is, I love it. But I'm also a nasty boy. Uh, Over there on uh, the YouTube live... Uh, uh, VHS asks, VHS asks how much has Andre Peante Peantes uh, stock risen after his AFL performance? Now it was rising entering his AFL performance, but yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely it's definitely hit another another level. Uh, I still stand, you know, uh, I still stand with him as a top twenty prospect between the fifteen and twenty range. I think that command is still a big issue for him. Uh, even though his measurables tell us that there are a lot of really good things to get excited about, uh, you like that he throws a, a curveball. Uh, you like that he throws a slider. You like that both have spin that's above major league league average. You like that he can get his fastball into the high 90s and lives 94, 95. Uh, uh, keep in mind throughout the season, he kind of even though he got off to such a great start, he really started to tucker out a little bit about midway through the year, and that's when his velocity dipped, his command really dipped. Uh, but you know, when, when you're... A, Player like Andre Pilante, who keeps the ball on the ground uh, and who has measurables uh, that a lot of teams look for, then, yeah, his stock is, has risen exponentially. And he's very important for the Cardinals organization because of, you know, potentially their lack of pitching depth. Uh, Hooks Bear says. Uh, Pad has given me a lot of joy. Thank you for doing what you do, Kyle. You are appreciated. Hey, uh, Hooks Bear to you. I'll raise my line and Krugel to you. Uh, Thank you for everybody, for whoever. Thank you, everybody, for coming in here, for talking it over uh, on a less than semi-regular basis on a very uh, rare occasion. Uh, We'll try to get another Prospects After Dark in before Christmas, depending on what the weather does, depending on what my schedule is. Uh, But look, to my pad people, to Hooks Bear, I raise my glass, uh, my, my beer. You're all amazing. (sighs) <sighs> now hello, GM Gersh. By the way, another uh, cap tip to Jeff Niehaus and GM Gersh. Uh, we, I can't figure out how to uh, make this this Twitter live into like a um, a, a podcast. And GM Gersh and Jeff Niehaus both helped us out a great deal. Uh, And also Ryan Fisher offered to help uh, uh, to convert the last Prospects After Dark into a podcast because we were having trouble with that. This one, the podcast for this should be out relatively quickly. Uh, We thank you for your patience. But thank you. I'll raise my glass to Jeff and Ryan and Mr. Mr. Gersh. uh, This beautiful mug that you can get. By the way, you're looking for holiday stuff. Get one of these beautiful prospects after dark ugly uh, Christmas sweaters. These things are amazing, and if you haven't already, get a little mug. This mug helps uh, benefit minor leaguers, so get the sixteen ounce and treat yourself. Cards gift says, uh, "Couldn't agree more, Hooks Bear." Yeah, gifts. Yeah, look. Uh, again, we we talk about it a lot. We don't like to get nice and, and mushy. Uh, I'm not one to have a very large circle around me. Uh, my. I know I appear uh, very extroverted, but I'm an introvert on so many levels. Uh, I'm I'm borderline scared of people. Uh, I have diagnosed social anxiety, uh, uh, and I I don't really feel comfortable a lot of times out in public, um, which sounds crazy, or conversing with people uh, other than the like other than pleasantries on a large basis, other than like the small people around me. Uh, uh, and, and gifts is one of those people. And for the fact that that happened via a social media platform, uh, uh, should show you more of just how amazing and how top level, uh, top notch of a person Cardinals gifts in look Cardinals gifts is. Um, I am loyal to him uh, and I will maintain my loyalty to Birds on the Black uh, uh, because of it. Um, and uh, we all have bad moments. We all have bad shit. That comes into our lives, and we all don't act to the top of our standards. Uh, but you know, it's about how you react after that. Uh, and we gifts is just the highest quality human being, as is friggin' cards. Uh, but that's again. So since it's the anniversary of prospects after dark, and gifts was the one who pushed this on us, um, I, I I just feel such an obligation. In uh, uh, it's a wanted obligation. Um, such a duty to express my my undying gratitude to Cardinals gifts. Um, yeah, so that's it. Victoria says, this is probably a dumb question, but if MLB is locked out, is the MILB locked out? No, so uh, minor league baseball, um, uh, that's funny. Uh, minor league baseball will go on as planned, with the exception that the guys who are on the 40-man who haven't, like, who weren't gonna be on the 26 man, uh, those guys will still be locked out. So for instance, Uh, Say that Juan Yepes didn't break with the Major League Club. Say that Brendan Donovan didn't break with the Major League Club. Or Jake Walsh. Or uh, uh, Freddie Pacheco. Or even Cody Whitley. Or even Ryan Helsley. Or even Jordan Walker. Or Jordan Hicks. Jordan Walker. Boy. uh, Jordan Hicks. Like, those guys would be in limbo. They'd be in purgatory. Uh, They wouldn't be able to play. If they're on the 40-man, they wouldn't be able to play minor league baseball. While minor league baseball was going on, they'd be locked out uh, uh, with the major leaguers. The other guys on the 40-man. The other guys that are members of the Major League Baseball players Pardon me. Uh, uh, Players Association. Um, so yeah, it's. I guess the one positive for me is that I'll be able to still enjoy minor league baseball and then maybe that'll help minor league baseball grow. If there is a lockout that extends into the season, but uh, you know, I, I, that's also some exploitation there. If you ask me, I I think the minor leaguers should get paid more in that, in that instance. Of course they won't. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's what I got real fast while I'm thinking about it. I don't want to get too far into the episode without giving a cheers to the Carlson and the Hicks family. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, uh, Again, uh, Mr. Jason Hicks, uh, Mrs. Jennifer Hicks, uh, uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, the whole Hicks uh, uh, establishment, I raise my glass. Love those. I love them. They're, you know, getting, being able to meet them and, and talk with them has been a, uh, like a highlight of my life, honestly. Uh, and then to the Carlsons, Mr. Jeff Carlson, Miss Karen, Mrs. Uh, Karen Carlson, uh, uh, the, the brother Tanner, the Dylan. Uh, we raise our glass to the Carlson family. Uh, uh, to Zay Richardson, to uh, 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 Trisha Hudson. Um, and then. The, the Yepes family, Juan and Omar, and then the other families that I don't feel as comfortable conversa- saying out loud um, because our conversations uh, are our are, are own. And um, the same thing goes with the players. So to all of them who might be watching this, uh, who are I've been able to talk with, you know, the, the couple dozens, if not more than that, over the last couple years, I raised my glass. Uh, you're all awesome people. Same goes for scouts and people. Uh, let's see. The real RW twenty two says, "Random minor league guy. I should low key obsess about for twenty twenty two. Respectfully, of course. Look, uh, uh, all we do, if we're gonna if we're going to obsess over anything, we're gonna we are gonna do it in a very very disrespectful manner. You know, I, I think that uh, I know the low key changes it, but." we're all already so obsessed with jordan walker i mean i you know i got you guys know i love jordan hicks and i just called jordan hicks jordan walker a second ago he's he's on the forefront of our brain right now right we can't we can't escape the jordan walker talk uh if you want to you know if you want to go down the down the little rabbit hole a little bit more and talk about sleepers uh you know in i I wrote an article called an argument the dirty flirtian argument i would check that out i have Three different levels of sleepers there. I have uh, your regular sleepers, your deep sleepers, and then your deep, deep sleepers. Uh, if you're looking for, like, you know, I would say Andre Pellante is one of those names. Like, I don't know if he's a sleeper now because of how his stock has risen, how his profile has risen. Uh, but he might be somebody that, that you want to low-key keep an eye on. If you want to go real deep, you know, some pitchers. Connor Lunn. We talked about Inohan Paniagua a little while ago. Uh, it seems like Dionis Rodriguez. Uh, a, a right-handed pitcher that pitched in Palm Beach last year is like the prospect on the cusp. He's probably the one who, you know, everybody's going to be talking about in a year. If you had to go, like if you're talking about the the Palm Beach pitchers, the pitchers at low A or lower. Um, you know, Markevian Hens, Tink Hence, you definitely want to keep an eye on him. He, he's still, uh, you know, even though he only pitched like eight innings last year, his prospect status is still through the roof. Um you know, th- those are a lot of the names that come to my mind. You know, if you're looking for deep sleeper hitters, you know, Matt Keperniak could end up being next year's Lars, New- Lars Newtbar, um, if not 2023's Lars Newtbar. Uh, Pedro Pajas, uh the catcher, we talked about him with converse- on Conversations with Saruti. Check that out. Um, again, I, you know, I, I would recommend, A, going to Birds on the Black and checking out my article Uh, My post, because it's not an article because I'm not a journalist and I'm not a writer. I'm just some asshole who has access to a website, so it's a post. Uh, My post and argument, uh, the Dirty Flirty and Argument. I get into some thoughts. Uh, I talk about where I'd rank players if we were talking about ceiling and floor, my favorites, and then I add some sleepers. And then also keep your ear out for the the Dirty Flirty podcast uh, with Ben Cerruti and Conversations with Cerruti because I talk about all those guys in there too. But uh, those are just some names that come to my mind. yeah, if you're looking for, like, one pitcher to, like, low-key obsess about, I'll say Dionys, uh, uh Rodriguez. And if you're looking for one hitter to low-key obsess about, uh, let me look over here. Although I don't have it written down, so I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, how about, yeah, uh, you know what? Let's, we'll go off the reservation here a little bit. How about we say Jan Torres? How about we keep an extra close eye on Jan Torres and hope that the 2020 AA season is as much of a breakout as I had hoped. Uh, J- oh, wait, hold on. Jay Linhart says, what was Markeby and the up to in 2021? He didn't pitch at Palm Beach right No, No, he was at the Complex League. He only pitched like eight innings. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals have had a different plan for those guys uh, down there. And that's why you see limited at-bats. That's why you see limited innings. Uh, Some of those guys they were just being a little extra cautious about. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, VHS says, if the DH comes to the NL, what situation do you think the Cardinals break camp with? I think more than likely the Cardinals, I, I still don't think they're done in free agency. I think they're going to try to bring in some type of utility left-handed bat, even if the DH isn't there. Somebody that even if the DH, well, I guess at the, that point when they sign another guy, they'll know about the DH for sure. But, um, you know, I would. I still think they're going to look for some type of uh, left-handed infield option, uh, left-handed hitting infield option. And I, I think... That if if we look at it right now, you know I'm hopeful that Juan Yepes and maybe Lars Núñez get a decent amount of time to, uh, um, you know, did get, get a decent amount of a bats in that situation. That's what I think. You know, uh, I, I still I'd still like for them to bring in a left-handed bat. You know, I don't know if I want it to be Kyle Schwarber, but if the DH is there, maybe someone like Colin Moran. You know, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I think that would be an interesting a uh, little platoon there. You know, Moran can do a little bit uh, at the corner of the infield. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't want to take any bats out of one from Juan Yepez uh, against lefties uh, and maybe even a lot of righties. But, yeah, something like that. Like, that's that's what I think would happen of VHS. Um, but, you know, that that seems to track for me. But I still think that they're definitely in the utility fielder marketplace and will be involved in the DH marketplace Um Especially left-handed swinging because of Yepes. If that becomes an option for them, Ed Meyer says, "Kyle, I suck. Don't listen to me. Kyle, watch me. Um, I will gladly. If you, uh, if you, anything you want to do, I'll watch, brother." Uh, uh, oh, uh, So, Jay Linhardt5 says, What was it? Oh, we already went over that. Uh, IONX says, So, nobody on the 40 can play in the minors if the lockout continues into the season. Yeah, anybody who's a member of the Major League Baseball Players Association cannot play in the minors because technically they are locked out. JP Hill, our good friend from Viva Alberto, says, uh, Just dropping in to say, Hey, we'll catch the podcast version later this week. You're the best. To you, Mr. Hill, I raise my glass. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you in here even for a minute and also to have you uh, uh, listen to the podcast. I want to say that uh, leading into this offseason with Mr. Hill, uh, before Mr. Hill wrote the article, I kept trying to tell people, like, give people an idea of what the Cardinals had to spend. And then Mr. Hill wrote a great article over at Viva Albertos that detailed how much the Cardinals had to spend this offseason. And you know, we, we still are getting conflicting reports. We hear fan say it's more than this. Or uh, you have some, some people on the radio or uh, writing articles who might say they have this much to spend. I can tell you that if you look at what Mr. Hill did over at Viva Alberto's, that is the most accurate description of the amount of money that the Cardinals have this offseason to work with. Uh, Sarah Ann says, get a McRib. So I, the hack, I've got a hack for people who want the McRib. What you do is you go get the banquet meal because I am 100% sure, I'm 99% sure, that that banquet McRib, that banquet rib meal is the same cut of meat that McDonald's uses for their McRib. Uh, People love that McRib. Uh, uh, I'm, look, I'll eat anything. I don't care i just like a regular cheeseburger or double cheeseburger or triple cheeseburger uh but to each their own to you Sarah and i raise my glass oh god damn i think quickly uh you ooh. No. Ed Myers over here on YouTube says, no, I will watch you. Watch me, dirty boy. Ed Myers says, thoughts on best option as the sixth and seventh type starter if Lib struggles? Well, you know, my guess is that if you're talking about the sixth and seventh starter right now, you're talking about Jake Woodford and Matthew Libertor with Johan Oviedo somewhere in that mix, if not as a bullpen option for Oviedo. Uh, And then Angel Rondon, whatever that is. I think that those are the internal options. Look, I don't think Wade Block's good. I don't think J. A. Hap's good. But I'm all about bringing them back as a swing type six seven starter. Uh, you know, I think Matthew Libertore is going to take huge steps this off season. I, I just think he's ready for it. I, I don't. I've never really viewed him as anything more than maybe an innings eater, a Miles Michaelis type from the left handed side with maybe a, with much more upside than that. Um, so keep that in mind. Like I still think we're a couple years away from that. I still think we're like two years away from from getting there with Libertor. I think he's still kind of raw. I think he's still done some. Uh, 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 I think he still has some work to do. Uh, but I think he's going to get closer this offseason. Uh, and you know, I, I think that if I know the Cardinals, it'll end up being something like J. A. Happ or Wade LeBlanc along with their internal options. Hold on, I'm going to bring you to my bosom here, uh, Twitter. And I'm going to clean off the, that. I'm going to see if that works at all. Did it work? Is it? Did it get less? Uh, T4Solito says, uh, blurry camera angles mean Kyle is peak off-season mode. Um, uh, you're damn right. You're damn right. Yeah, I'm not even... See, even with all this time to, like, not do anything, uh, I still can't figure any of this out. It's pretty amazing. Over on that YouTube channel, uh, Donna Watson says, uh, lowercase v, o, t, dot, f, y, l. I don't know what any of that means. I think I'm being hacked. Uh, J, uh, underscore Linhart says, Who has the best command... In the organization, you know, I, I would say Connor Thomas is the first person that comes to mind. I think Connor Lund has really great command. I think Wilfredo Pereira's command's good, although his walk rate was kind of high, you know, uh, in the double figures percentage-wise. Uh, I don't think that's really an indication of exactly how good his command can be. Uh, those two Connors are the first names that come to my mind. I think when Liberatore's on, I think his command can be really good. Uh, but those are like the three names that come to my mind. I think Jake Walsh. He does leave a little bit over the middle of the plate too often, but relief pitcher Jake Walsh is another guy who um, who has some pretty good um, command. Uh, let's see. Uh, Iwanek says, "I hope you host another spaces soon." Uh, yeah, JD Alfonso says, "Hey Kyle, hello JD Alfonso." Pardon me. Over on the YouTube channel, VHS says, what's your favorite thing about this time of year? Uh, Booze. Uh, You know, um, no, uh, VHS, you know, the truth be told, like, I love eggnog. uh, And I like adding booze to that eggnog. But, you know, um, I would say uh, for the first time in years, buying presents. Uh, You know, uh, truth be told, I love buying presents for Ashley. I love buying presents for her son. I love... Uh, uh, I need to buy stuff for my dad. You know, the race family went through years and years and years and years and years of not giving each other presents. Um, Like when I turned 18, 15, something like that, we stopped giving each other presents for birthdays and Christmas and all the holidays. And we just kind of like, hey, let's just have some meals together. Uh, And I think this year I'm going to like my brother Scott takes care of me all year. I'd like to get him a little something. Um, I probably won't. Because um, I keep asking him to give me two grand just to see if he does, uh, instead of spending money on auction items at Scott Trader Enterprise, whatever it's called. Uh, you know, I, I'd I'd like to get my dad a little something, my mom a little something. But uh, to be honest, like that's the most fun I've had this year. Although I'm stressed out about spending uh, spending. As much money as I have. VHS, what's your favorite thing about this time of year? Uh, Ed Meyer says, I see national heads really excited about Wynn, but I just don't see it, though. Oh, Ed. So Mason Wynn is so athletic and so good. I, I think what will end up happening a lot with the Mason Wynn people is uh, the people who might be against Mason Wynn will see. Um, uh, the They'll probably see his stats specifically at, hi- at high A and kind of like rebel against it. But like, if you watched him play the field every day, you'd be impressed. If you watched him take the mound, you'd be impressed. Uh, he does have a lot of work to do in the box. I'm not trying to take anything away from there. Like, there's definitely work that needs to be done as a hitter. Uh, but, he, look, he, you know, you can see it. I also think that some people might be down on him because, they, you know, they'll see his size and think, oh, there aren't a lot of guys in the league that can play that, you know, of that size that can play in the league. And I'm here to tell you that that he has it. Like, his enthusiasm, his work ethic, his baseball smarts, because he has that baseball IQ that's through the roof, they're all on an entirely different level. Uh, and that will allow him to max out his skills. And uh, that's what I'm most excited about. Um, you know, it's a tough journey to make it to the major leagues for all of these kids, to even get to AAA for all of these kids, even the highly drafted, highly paid, highly touted prospects. Uh, but I would not count Mason Win out at all. Um, as a matter of fact, if you were to ask me, I'd say that I'd bank on him making it to the majors at some point. You know, the thing that I love, and we were talking about in the Birds on the Black, or the Prospects After Dark um, uh, group chat, is I just love the way that he seems to make everyone around him better. Uh, he seems to bring out the best in Jordan Walker, and whoever's playing second base when he's playing short. Uh, he's he's just a dynamic kid in that regard. Uh, uh, de- <laughs> B. DeRue is a... DeRose says, what do you, and I don't know why I can't ever get it. God damn it. Uh, says, what do you want for Christmas, man? I don't want anything. Just booze. You know, I want good booze. I want, uh, I want people to get along. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of an old hippie in that regard. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like booze. I don't, I don't really need a lot. Like, you know, I I kind of always have prided myself in, like, not wanting a lot or not needing a lot. Uh, all that I've ever really wanted is time to fuck around. Yeah, that, that's what I cherish more than anything. I, I just want time to screw around and watch minor league baseball and play video games and hang out with cool people. And, like, that's all that I really care about. That's all that I need. Other than that, you know, little trinkets here and there make me happy. I've got an entire shelf that I'm looking at over here uh, of little trinkets that my brothers have given me and my cousins have given me and pad people have given me. And like, that's, that's awesome. You know, I, I I don't want a lot. I don't need a lot. I just want, uh, I just want to hang out with cool people. Uh, frigging car says cows, you're the best Friggin' cards. You are the best. Uh, VHS says gift giving is my jam. Uh, putting a little thought into the process and getting creative is the best. I- I'm with you. Man, I- I'm with you. Like, it's just, uh, I'm gonna leave that up there for a second. But, yeah, what about you guys? What's your favorite thing about this time of year? Uh, you know, we, Hanukkah ended the other day. Um, Kwanzaa incoming. We've got Christmas. We've got New Year's. Like, what's your favorite thing? Is it getting drunk and making a bunch of mistakes in front of family and yelling? I could understand that. Uh, uh, it's the best. Uh, Victoria says, thank you very much. You're awesome. What's up, Graham? How are you, bud? Had a chance to dive into the Rule 5 picks. The only one that, so I took, uh, uh, Iowanek, Derek asks, uh, had a chance to dive into any of the Rule 5 picks. Uh, I will say that the two pitchers I've looked at, um, uh, uh, I haven't spent as much time with them as I would have liked. The two hitters, of the two hitters, the one that I really like is I like Jonah Davis. Now he has a big swing and miss issue, uh, obviously, uh, but I I just I love the enthusiasm that guy plays with. Look, I've heard conflicting reports about his defense and his speed. I feel like um, I feel like I've watched him run around the outfield, uh, you know, uh, run around the outfield, and I think he has I think he has like really really. Good speed. I don't know if it necessarily means that it's going to translate or anything like that, but I, I think he has really good speed and I, I could see where he has a chance to be, you know, uh, an okay defensive outfielder. Um, so he's, he's my favorite. I like that power. The swing and miss is a big issue. Uh, ben Deluzio or whatever the hell his name is, that outfielder, I, you know, He's just a really solid player. He just looks like the kind of player, like uh, what the Cardinals hoped that Matt Chamberlain would be when they signed Matt Chamberlain as an undrafted uh, free agent from the shortened 2020 draft. He seems really solid, really speedy, um, really talented. You know, I, I know that people say that he's a really sure-handed outfielder. Uh, we've seen a good context tool there, but uh, you know, the, the other two, the two pitchers, um, the uh, the righty from the Padres, Guarte, Guarte. Is it Guarte? Yeah, I, I remember watching him in the season. And then Nelfry Contreras from the Dodgers, I remember him from the season and being really impressed. But I haven't had a chance to really dive in uh, uh, the way I wanted to. Uh, not really says Why did Tommy Edmond Get zero MVP votes You know Because there's no respect For Tommy two dicks uh, Not really uh, He should have got At least a couple Look uh, You know Sometimes I can be critical Of Tommy Edmond And his role with the Cardinals And I think that What I'm doing Is I'm doing a poor job Of articulating my thoughts On Tommy Edmond. Uh, uh, and my thoughts On Tommy Edmond Are I would love for him To have an actual Utility role With the organization I love how good Of a defensive second baseman He's become Gold glove Worthy or not uh, He won it So I guess he's Worthy, Um, I think he's great over there. I think he's a really great defensive second baseman. I think matchups are key for him. Uh, What I've always wanted and what I still want is I want him to be an everyday shortstop. I want them to get a chance to be a semi-regular shortstop. And, you know, I was the champion of Paul DeYoung for a very long time, even before he entered the majors. I love Paul DeYoung. I love what Paul DeYoung has done with his career. And I still think that there's a lot there. But what I want uh, with the new manager, what I want out of Mr. Marmol, is I want a, a, I want matchups. I want that Tony LaRusso where you're getting the best out of Aaron Miles. Uh, you're getting the best out of that whatever. And I, I think that's the best way to maximize Tommy Edmond to maximize Paul DeYoung. You know, uh, Mike Schilt ran Paul DeYoung into the ground, and it did not do him any favors. Uh, even when he was hurt, you know, he'd come back and he'd play every day. He wouldn't get a break. Uh, the Cardinals were at their best in 2021 when he wasn't playing. Anyway, you cut it. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't. I mean, we've seen the work that he's been doing this offseason already, and it's positive. All a bunch of positives. He looks good. He looks strong. He looks healthy. Um, but I think that you can maximize your talent if you're putting them in proper matchups. That might not get Tommy Edmund MVP votes, not really, but it'll get him damn close. Graham says, uh, why do you think Mike Schilt hasn't interviewed with the Mets, at least to our knowledge? Yeah, so uh, we all have it on pretty good authority that Mike Schilt isn't going to manage with the Mets. Um uh, or interview with the Mets. I think the the better team is how come he hasn't interviewed with the A's. That's what I'm more surprised by. Um, but maybe, maybe the issue with Mr. Schilt is he's developed enough cachet that he's just waiting for his right opportunity. um, you know, Maybe he doesn't view the Mets as his right opportunity. Maybe the Mets don't view him as the right opportunity. Maybe there's more to why the Cardinals fired him, and other organizations know that, and they're not bringing in him. That that is speculation. I do not know anything about that at all, even in the slightest. Um, but maybe, maybe that's what it is. It's probably not fair to speculate. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I never viewed that as a good circumstance for him. He needs a place where uh, you know, kind of like the Kansas City Royals. I hate to be that way, but like. What's a team like the Kansas City Royals? You know, maybe the Seattle Mariners. Uh, A team like that, like that'd be a good matchup for him. A team where uh, developing, you know, there isn't so much talent that he's squeezing guys by penciling in the same players every day. But uh, a place where he can go and kind of set a lineup and also foster uh, a happy atmosphere for players to grow in. IONX X says, along those lines, I'm assuming Castillo is not a big loss, i.e. Rule 5. Now, I love Moises Castillo, but he is not a big loss for the organization. A great organizational soldier, uh, a kid with ice water in his veins. He would make a lot of really great and important plays on the field. And he came through in, with some pretty big hits um, for Peoria. During the 2021 season, uh, but no, n- not a huge loss. Uh, the only way it's a huge loss, really, is you know the Cardinals don't have the most minor league depth in the in the middle infield, so to lose any one of those guys, it, it hurts to a, a, a degree. Graham says, "Bring back Brad Miller," and yeah, that's um, uh, that's where I'm at. Um, I, I I would love that if the DH is going to be around, bring back Brad Miller. You know, like I said, uh. The, uh You know, there's more names than just the two guys I'm bringing up, and I know some people love uh, Schwarber. I would not be opposed to that in any way. But like, yeah, Brad Miller, Colin Moran, somebody in that in that facet to get some of these other right-handed bats, some at bats, but also, you know, maybe get uh, Lars Núñez some at bats, some additional at bats too. Yeah, bring in a veteran. Uh, You know, bring in whoever the Matt Wieters version of a middle infielder is. Maybe that is Brad Miller. Uh, RIP the Arch Deluxe. You know, I don't really remember that thing so well, but if they were to bring it back, I'd eat the shit out of it. Mhm. Oh, Dave San and then a bunch of number, Dave San and a bunch of numbers says, "Do we actually have any pitchers in our minor leagues who will get a cha- who will give a chance to this year? Who we will give a chance to?" God, I I read like an asshole. Do we actually have any pitchers in our minors we will give a chance to this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of the same names. I think you're talking about uh, Angel Rondon. I think you're talking about um, uh, 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 Jake Woodford. I think you're talking about Johan Oviedo. I think as the season progresses, the two names you're really going to want to keep an eye on now that they're on the 40-man are Freddy Pacheco and Jake Walsh, uh, two relief pitchers specifically. I think we'll see them this year. Cody Whitley, I think he's going to have an important role in this season, uh, if there is a season in whatever capacity the season is. And then if you want to go a little deeper, yeah, I think if the season is played a full uh, full 162 or 154 or whatever they agree on, I think that we'll see Matthew Libertor. Uh, uh, I think that Connor Thomas, lefty out of Georgia Tech, has a chance of making a major league debut at some capacity. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be like, uh, uh, you know, many more than that. No, you know, Andre Payante might knock on the door. It seems like he's a prospect on the rise. We'll see about what happens with Zach Thompson. We'll see what happens with Griffin Roberts. You know, you never know what will happen there. Um, but, yeah, like those are the names that I would keep. Uh, I would keep at the the front of your head. And then other than that, you know, if you're talking about starters, I think Lib- Matthew Libertor is probably the only one that will <coughs> – pardon me. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. I think, oh boy, let me get some water. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Anyways, I think Matthew Libertor might be the only one who has a chance to like start a swath of games outside of like Jake Woodford. Uh, let's see. Ed Meyer says, if you like strategy type video games, you need to try Out of the Park Baseball. You know, that's not for me. It's just that's too involved, and you don't have enough control of what's going on. Uh, it's not for me. I-, I messed around with it for like two hours, and I just couldn't get into it. VHS asks. VHS asks, when Nolan Gorman arrives, what happens with Tommy multiple dicks? Uh, for me, again, I, like that's why this offseason, if I'm them, uh, <laughs> Ed Meyer says, no water, more beer. Sure, to, to you, Ed Meyer. Um, uh, as VHS asks, uh, what happens with Tommy multiple dicks? I want Tommy Edmond to spend this offseason playing short. As much as possible. Now, the minor league version of Edmundo Sosa that I watched is not a major leaguer. He's peaked as a major leaguer. Uh, He looked different in the major leagues to a degree. And I wonder how much of that had to do with the break in the 2020 season. Maybe it was good for him. He did look leaner. uh, But also, he looked more built and leaner at the same time. Uh, I also don't think pitchers have learned that the key to getting him out is just peppering him with high stuff. Working him in. Uh, and then just beating him with two strikes with stuff anywhere outside of the strike zone. Uh, we'll see if they've adjusted yet. that might not have. Um, but, yeah, for me, that's what I would want. I would want him as the shortstop on a semi-regular basis because minor league version of Tommy Edmond. Now, keep in mind, that was over three years ago now. So he hasn't really played short that much in those three years. So without an offseason to really dedicate himself to, it, you don't know what you're going to get. But in the minors, <laughs> he played a really good defensive shortstop. Uh, It wasn't great, it wasn't, you know, Ozzy Smith, it wasn't Edmundo Sosa, but uh, it was just maybe in that Paul DeYoung range, maybe a level lower. You know, he's got better speed, he gets to his right better than DeYoung gets to his right. Um, So that's what I would want, and then if it works out where Paul DeYoung's really good and Gorman's ready, then I don't see anything wrong with Tommy Edman as a utility player who can play every position that you need him to play on a limited basis, coming off the bench and hitting against lefties. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh uh, no, modern beer. Uh, will we see Cardinal's gift? Says will we see a platoon of Tommy Edmond next year? Wow, yeah, no, that's I'm I'm right there with you, gifts. I hope that my last uh, my last diatribe. Um, I hope that that answers your question. I, I hope so. You know, I I guess if Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan, and again, see, this is where I get frustrated because in my mind, I believe. That Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan, like, I think Brendan Donovan could actually make a major league impact. And I say impact, I mean that, like... I'm not talking about like an all-star level, but I think you're talking about a league-average offensive producer. Um, if he's in himself, if he's into his game, who can play a really good defensive second base? Uh, you know, I'm gonna not to like blow up Baseball America or even Scouts because this extends past Baseball America. But I've heard a lot of talk about him being a fringy defender or like not having a position. And I'll tell you, whoever is making that. Is not watching baseball. They're not watching him play. He can play second base. Uh, and I'll, I'll push, I'll go one further. He can play third base. And I'll go one further than that. If you gave him an offseason to play short, I bet he'd be okay there. I'm not going to say he's going to be, pardon me, a top five or even 10 defender over there, but I think he'll be fine over there. I watched him play positions in first base and left field that he hadn't played other than in like college here and there uh, uh, for the first time this year. And he handled both those positions really well. He was a really good defensive first baseman, and he had never really played first. So someone like Brendan Donovan, like, I want to see get a real chance to play second. Uh, I wanted him to get a real chance to be in the lineup. And I also think because of his hit tool, because of his approach at the plate, I think he could be a valuable resource for the Cardinals almost immediately if they are willing to give it a real chance from the get-go. And if that means Tommy Edmund has to go to short to make that happen, whether it be Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan, then they have to do it. Because none of these options are good enough that they should be written into a lineup in pen right now. There's only a couple guys on the lineup. uh, uh, Goldie. Arenado, the the all three outfielders, in my opinion, and then Yachty's in there whether we like it or not. So uh, that that's my thought. You, you can only get better in the middle infield, and you have internal options that have the potential to get you better in the middle infield. Uh, and you're not going to spend big on Carlos Cor- Correa. So you might as well uh, make it a real open competition between that group. Uh, Quinn, hey, Quinn, what's up, bud? Uh, he says, what a beautiful sweater. I'm going to stand up and show it off again. Look at this thing, guys. Look at this thing. Prospects After Dark. It's a beautiful, beautiful sweater and my beautiful man chest. Here, look at some of this hair, though. For real. You want some of this hair? Uh, but no. Uh, thank you, Quinn. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, Graham says, where do you stand on Strowman versus Matz? Do you think Matts will have a career year in 2020? Yeah. Uh... I think Stephen Matz will have a good year in 2020 I'll be honest I don't know what a career year for uh, for Stephen Matz is I, I wish I did uh, I think he'll have a good year uh, what I what I told some people is I think if you look back at that 2019 season out of Dakota Hudson I think you'll have something very similar out of Stephen Mats uh, I think the strikeout numbers will be a little higher I think the walkout I, you know I think the strikeout numbers will be maybe a percentage point and a half higher I think the walk number will be a percentage point. And a half lower, um, but yeah, that's I mean that's that's what I think. I, I think that he's going to have a good season. I think he'll be buoyed by a really good defense uh, defensive Cardinal team. But I, you know, I think at four years, eleven million dollars, it's a good deal. I think the fourth year sucks, but it's whatever. Uh, it might work out. It might not. Who really knows? But I think it's a really savvy deal. Uh, and then as far as Strowman goes, I, we we've talked about this. I think on the last pad, but I actually, for his sake. I'm gl- well. He's going to Chicago Cubs Twitter, so I don't know what that's like. But I'm almost happy for him that he's not going to have to deal with the wrath of that lunatic fringe version of Cardinal Twitter that would tweet at him every freaking second. I I, I don't think that's good for him. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm glad that the Cardinals went with Mats over Stroman, um, only for that. I mean, really, only for that reason. I think Marcus Stroman's good. I think he would have been great as a Cardinal. I think it would have been a great Cardinal. I think Cardinals fans would have loved him. Uh, other than that portion of the fans that wouldn't have loved him regardless of who he was, um, because of who he is. And uh, I really wish they could have got both, but it's not going to happen. So here we are. A uh, VHS says, "Oh, Edmundo Sosa got 17 HBP's last year, significantly inflating his OBP and overall offensive stats. But he also got 16 HBP's in AAA in 2019. Is that a skill or a fluke? Uh, it's a combo, right? Uh, the ability, uh, the ability to get on." On top of the plate is a commitment, and not a whole lot of uh, hitters have that. Like I, uh, one of my maybe complaints is that I think Tyler O'Neill could do well to get a half of a step closer to the plate. I think that that would do him well, um, but I'm not. I don't want him to change anything about his game right now. Absolutely not. So I think it's a combination of a skill and a fluke. I think that uh, with there being so many pitchers that have such poor command at the major leagues, but have measurable spin rates and velocities, I think it plays well for him. Uh, he's always been, like you said, in 2019 he had 16 of them. Last year he had 17 of them. He's always been a guy who gets hit a lot. Uh, so I think it's a combo, but that's also a recipe for disaster, uh, potentially. You know, yeah, it's all it all depends on how well he turns. If you can turn your body on the heat, as long as you're protect, as long as you're protecting those hands, you know that that's uh, you're okay. Over on YouTube, Ed Myers says. I wonder if a big issue with Schilt was getting him to involve younger players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about this? That's been one of my biggest complaints about Mike Schilt. Uh, we saw specifically in a couple September's and Augusts where uh, the front office provides him with players that ended up going other places and doing well that he just won't use, uh, regardless of the fact that. You have three outfielders who are hitting sub 200 for the month of September in 2018 and 2019. Uh, uh, he just won't play them. He Mike Schilt loved writing guys in pen in a lineup. That he just loved it. That was him, uh, and that was never going to be the best option for this version of the St. Louis Cardinals to maximize their offensive potential. So uh, yeah, that's uh, maybe you're on to something, Ed Myers. Uh, let's see. I one X says, "Who's a couple of players you think other teams will ask about in trades that aren't a top prospect?" Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you consider them top prospects again, but I think I think those two relievers, Freddy Pacheco and Jake Walsh. I think Edgar Escobar. I think Andre Payante. I think um, Connor Thomas, because I could see a team like valuing just that depth that Connor Thomas will present. Um, you know. Uh you know, I think Todd Lott's interesting. Big exit velocities, um, short swing, super athletic. Um, the whole not-top prospects of it makes it really tough, you know, because then you start talking about outfielders. Like, I could see a team... Uh, knocking on the door about Pedro Pajas, about Matt Kaperniak, uh Pajas being a catcher, not an outfielder, but Matt Kaperniak, uh Justin Turner, who's a little older. I think if I'm a team that wants middle infield depth and a right-handed hitter, I think someone like Evan Mendoza could really be appealing uh, to a team because Evan Mendoza is a really good defender at a lot of different infield positions. He just swings right-handed and is a contact over power type prospect who probably doesn't have a role with the Cardinals. Um, you know, uh, those are some names that come to my mind. Uh, Kramer Robertson's kind of an interesting guy that I'm kind of surprised will still still might get drafted in the Rule 5 if they have a major league phase of the Rule 5 when they come out of lockout. He could be a really interesting guy. Uh, Lucan Baker, big exit velocities, but he's kind of a big-time prospect. Uh, You know, uh, if Ian Bedell, as I look up at my list, if Ian Bedell is healthy, I could see him being a guy that uh, uh, that people are asking a lot about Uh, one of uh, to Trisha Hudson, one of my favorite prospects, Zayd Richardson. I could see a team viewing him uh, with this short swing and just needing some work with contact and also being a bulldog behind the the plate. I could see a team saying that Zade Richardson would be a really interesting addition. You know, uh, the Cardinals were able to turn Jake Summers and Tony Losey into uh, Nolan Arenado in a trade. I could see, you know, Connor Tom- or Connor Jones having some value here and there. I could see um, Logan Gragg. You know, Logan Gragg got better and better as the year went on. I could see him having a ton of value to another team. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of other guys out there that I think that I would be interested in if I was, um, another organization and there's more that I'm missing as I'm trying to ramble through a list. Um, used to be, used to fly the L. Jeff Niaw says, all you need is booze. Da-da-na-na-na. All you need is booze. Da-da-na-na-na. All you need is booze. Booze. All you need is booze. All you need is booze. By the way, I watched that first episode of that Beatles documentary, and it was fantastic. Quinn says, when are places going to have the new Baseball America? I've been checking BNN I need Walker's face. I don't know, bud. I don't know. It seems like they're a little bit behind on a lot of stuff. You know, their prospect handbook, I think that they're behind on normally by now. Um, normally by now, it's out. Um... But, uh, yeah, I would, I, would, so I would imagine they'd try to get it out before Christmas. I'd imagine they try to get as much out before Christmas as possible. Uh, oh, Gifts asks, how do you enjoy the Beatles documentary? So, Gifts, I only watched the first episode, and I watched uh, about half of the second episode, and then I wasn't paying attention anymore, so I bailed. But I loved it. Uh, there were actually a couple parts in that first episode that kind of got me a little teary eyed and emotional, and I I loved it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was good. You know, uh, my brother Michael and I were talking via text, and like the one thing that st- stands out to me, there's a lot that stand out, but like the way Paul McCartney is so dedicated to music, uh, uh, and they all are. But Paul McCartney, as my brother Michael said perfectly, is a worker. That guy, he, I mean. He brings Linda to, to the studio and, like, leaves her with people and immediately starts strumming on the keys and then gets on the piano. And, like, McCartney is a worker. And, you know, the other thing that I take from it, and you don't need to watch more than, like, the first hour to find it out, is that when Epstein died, uh, that changed the whole trajectory of that, ba- that band. And you can see it right away. And they knew it. Uh, McCartney, in particular, addresses it over and over again. And... Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's just heartbreaking. But, you know, the one thing you, you realize right away is just how talented of musicians and people they are. And uh, I loved it. I, I loved the first episode. And, you know, the first episode's two hours and 50 minutes. Second episode's two hours and 50 minutes. And I wanted to make sure that as I was watching it, I was really soaking it in. Uh, is this a bit make-or-break year for Jake Woodford? Yeah, uh, Graham, in my mind, every year is a make-or-break year for Jake Woodford. Uh, yeah, look, you know... The thing uh, with Jake Woodford, it's always been a command thing. It's always been a willingness to uh, uh, strike, a willingness to attack the strike zone. And we saw that more in the second half last year. I think he needs to work up more. Uh, the heat map says that he had success while not working up. So we'll see. Ben Ben Cerruti wrote a great article over on Birds on the Black about that. Check that out. But yeah, look, I, I to me, he's always, he's always kind of been like a fifth starter swing man. And uh, I would say that, yeah, it's a make or break year for him. But, you know, if he puts up another year this coming season like he had last season, that's still a valuable pros- a valuable player to have on a 40-man, uh, even if he's starting the year at Memphis or, you know, whatever it ends up being. So maybe maybe something more than that. Graham also asked, what's Ryan Helsley's role in the orc? My guess is that he's healthy and he's pitching out of the Cardinals bullpen next year. Uh, last I heard is uh, his rehab back from knee surgery was going really well. And uh, he was going to be ready to pitch come springtime. So here's the hoping as we finish off our lining, Krugel. Here's the hoping that uh, the 2021-2022, uh, 2021 lockout is a thing of the past come spring training 2022. Ah. Lightning Krugel. Ed Meyer asks, What do you think of the Cardinals being so active in minor league rule 5? Hey, you can never have enough depth. I like it, and like I said, I like the pitchers. I remember watching them in season and being a, a, impressed. Uh, and I like I like Jonah Davis, the outfielder. The Cardinals have lost some outfield some outfield depth, uh, specifically letting Nick Plummer walk for nothing. Uh, so him, uh, the the two outfielders, I, I, I like. Uh, I always want to call him DeLazio instead, uh, which is uh, terrible. But yeah, uh, Jonah Davis in particular, I just like that raw power. Derek asks. Uh, any idea how many guys are playing winter ball? Uh, there's like 15, right? Um, spread out between the Caribbean leagues, it's like 15, something like that. And, uh, you know, our good friend Matty Ice. Uh, who did a little bit of, uh, of work over at Redbird Rants, he's been doing a better job of paying attention to uh, the kids in the Caribbean leagues than I have. I, I'll be honest, I've been very, very ignorant, other than talking to some of those kids and uh, talking to their families. Like I've been very, very ignorant about uh, what's going on there. So yeah, like 15 or something like that. Uh, what happened if Jordan Walker tears it up next year in Memphis? From uh, Mason Shepard. Now, I would assume that Jordan Walker will start the year in uh, Springfield. You know, he finished year in, in Peoria. He had like between 200 and 300 plate appearances. I would imagine that unless he has an awful uh, offseason and comes to spring training like out of shape or something like that, that he's going to end up uh, starting the year in Springfield and probably spending the majority of the year in Springfield. So your question would end up being, what happens if he tears up Springfield and then tears up Memphis? Uh, I think best case scenario is you're talking about what Nolan Gorman did last year. And uh, then that would tell us that starting 2023, he would have a really good shot. Uh, he would have... A- he would be in a position to give himself a shot to make a Major League debut in 2023 instead of 2024. And uh, that's all positive. Uh, I still think that the, that timeline, the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, is really the best for him. Um, and, uh, you know, w- but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Sarah says, wow, beautiful sweater, take it off. Don't tell me what to do. I, I'm, I'm a man. I'm 50 or something. Mm, Cardinals gift says. Uh, I'll do what I want. Oh, wait, hold on. Somebody named Hamclit joined here. Hello, Hamclit. Tell me more about your Hamclit, Hamclit. I'll tell you what, if I could have one thing for Easter supper here on December 25th, it would be a nice tasty Hamclit. Uh, Quinn says the fourth year might not be great, but 444 is nothing in baseball terms. Yeah, look, uh, that 444 for Steven Matz is nothing you can't, you know, work around. Uh, uh, it's, you know, think about how much more affordable that is than Mike Leake, And the Cardinals were able to work around Mike Leake and still paying Leake, even though um – Sorry, VHS got my attention. I saw the little thing pop up. I can't wait to get to that question. Um, yeah, you know, and the Cardinals were still paying him to play for another team, but they still worked around it just fine. Like, four years, 44 million is nothing. I, yeah, the better question is how much would the Cardinals have to pay for him if he would have waited to sign after uh, all those huge free agent signings? Uh, will Marmol change up Reyes' role from used to fly the, N, uh, the L, uh, Jeff Niehaus? Jeff, you know, uh, we were kind of under the impression that the Cardinals were interested in maybe being more creative with both Jordan Hicks and Alex Reyes as they entered the 2022 season. And I'm anxious to see what that looks like. You know, I would love to see both of those guys get a chance to be an opener, uh, see uh, a lineup the first time through, maybe a first and a half time through, depending on, you know, what the Cardinals lineup was doing from a hitting perspective if the DH isn't there. But yeah, like, I I would... uh, I would be on board with them being more aggressive and smarter, more modern about how they employ pitching and hitting and lineups. And I think that that's in the best interest of the Cardinals and Mr. Marmol. And I think that that's what we're going to see. I just don't know if I know what it looks like just yet. Uh, Let's see. Kyle 2 says, dude, I haven't seen you in a while. I missed the squints. Why you got to sell out and get glasses. Sorry about that, Kyle, too. The reason is because I can't see a fucking thing even when I do squint. But you know what? It is a pad anniversary, And uh, I'm going to squint for a little bit here until I start getting a headache to um, uh, uh, pay homage, homage, uh, as we pay homage to my favorite morning program, The Morning After, which I'll never listen to again now that they're switching their format. Uh, I'll pay homage to uh, to the old versions of pad for a little bit. Uh, we will go to VHS question. He asks uh, over on YouTube, "How do you, uh, Kyle, how do you like Hawkeye so far? I love it. Look, it's not as good as the, the graphic novel. It's not as quirky as a graphic novel. I think Haley Steinfeld overacts just a little bit, but I think it works with the atmosphere. I love it. I think it's good. Uh, the rumor is this next episode is going to be off the chain. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I like their version of Hawkeye. I like their uh, version of both the male and the female Hawkeye. Um, I like the acting of Kate Bishop's parents. I think that that's been charming. I thought that was a charming role. Uh, 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 a scene between Kate and Jack and Kate's mom uh, in the last episode. Uh, I, I love it. I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a, a Uh, an enjoyable enjoyable show so far and i'm anxious to see what happens in these last two episodes i have to tell you i cannot wait to see spider-man and i cannot wait to see the matrix as we're talking about media now let's see Derek says any chance the roster ends up in more than 26 the only chance that it ends up in more than 26 is if the season is shortened let me tell you i've got a whole little weird uh conspiracy theory thing as i take off my socks um uh, my own little weird conspiracy theory thing here. In 2020, for the shortened 60-game season, when you look back on it now, you could see a situation in which the owners had their head set that it's going to be 60 games, and they weren't going to budge. And the only way that they would budge is if the the players accepted something that they otherwise wouldn't. It seemed like a precursor to a collective bargaining agreement, like a test run for a collective bargaining agreement. And what I have in my mind is I have a situation in which the owners know that there's X amount of games that they need to be profitable. And I have a sneaky suspicion that that X amount of games is actually 60 games, or right around 98 to 60 games. So I could envision a situation in which... And look, I don't want baseball. I don't want to miss one Major League Baseball game, but I think the players need to get to free agency sooner, and I think they need to sit on their hands until they are guaranteed that they can get to free agency sooner. Uh, and if that means the loss of games, then I think that's in their best interest. It's not in the best interest of the game. It's not in the best interest of the fans, uh, but I think it's in their best interest. So I can envision a situation in which you get to a 93-game season, a 96-game season, another 60-game season, And you're talking about a 28-man roster. And even if they don't agree to a DH moving forward, maybe even just the DH for the 2022 season. Something that mimics uh, the shortened 2020 season. I'm telling you, the more I think about what 2020 was, the way that those um, negotiations were so public... Um, the way that the owners never really budged off of what they wanted, it seemed like a trial run for what we were about, what we are experiencing now, and what we will continue to experience. Uh, I'm, I have no doubt that they know how many games they can miss before their pocketbooks are really hurt. And um, I, I, I think that that's a fascinating way to look at all of this. Graham says, is Jordan Walker outperforming expectations like crazy or what? Well, uh, yeah so anybody look anybody who's not like a top five pick who looks like they're on the cusp of potentially double a in their second full season is outperforming expectations you know I think if you were to ask people uh, the area where he's uh, he's outperformed his expectations the most is his strikeout rate you know uh I know I was surprised by that I would suspect that he would have K'd about 30 percent of the time if not more than that uh, in his first full year I think that the uh, the uh, uh, the summer camp in 2020, really helped him. I think seeing how professionals and 4A guys and 3A and AAA guys go about their business, uh, I think that really helped him understand what he needed to do moving forward. But yes, uh, he, he's definitely outperforming where a lot of people thought he would be, where I thought he would be, to be completely candid. I thought, you know, he's about a half a season ahead of where I was optimistic he would be. And it's just, he's just good. You know, I personally, I think this is a, a situation where his his brain and his instincts were were underrated. Now, they were two intangibles that people were really high on. But when they're as high as his are, they overcompensate for maybe some baseball skills, uh, including like swing and miss that you, you might overgrade. And I think that's what's happening with Jordan Walker. And I think that's the biggest area, his contact. Uh, and the the production from his contact, because he hits the ball hard all the time. Uh, when you hit the ball hard all the time, everything seems to go really well. Uh, but the production there uh, that comes from that hard contact and making consistent contact is, is really the difference in between where he was uh, from a scouting standpoint, why he wasn't drafted higher than 19th, why he had the chance to be you know drafted maybe in the second round or in the supplemental first or whatever. Um And where he is right now, which is, you know, potentially on the cusp of a top 10 or top 15 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, Jeff Neal says, what bourbon have you been waiting, wanting to try out? So, uh, again, the morning show that I like to listen to, they have a, they've been talking about this fistful of bourbon. And it's a relatively affordable bourbon. And I've been meaning to try that to support the sponsors. But, you know, other than that, like, I don't. I don't keep my ears glued to the news on bourbon, I'm embarrassed to say. I just, I like my old standbys. I like Buffalo Trace. I like Maker's Mark. I like uh, 1843. I like Four Roses. Um, You know, I'm kind of a a Templeton Rye. I like Templeton Rye. I like um, Woodford Reserve. Shout out to our good friend Tom Ackerman. We raise our glass. You know, I I tend to stick to all the stuff that I I can get my hands on relatively affordably. Um, Elijah Craig, I like that. Uh, Quinn says, it's okay, we won the raider Ascanio trade. You're right, baby. Um, we eat ham clit to celebrate the Ascension. <laughs> this is the ham clit to celebrate gifts. This is the we eat ham clit to celebrate the Ascension pie, uh, episode of Prospects After Dark. To Jeff Niehaus for naming this episode, we raise our glass. Mm. Hey, there's still ice in there. That never happens. Uh, uh Iowa next says any chance Kisner is starting catcher when Yachty retires, or is it Herrera's job to lose? You know, my guess is that it is Kisner's job to lose at this point. And that more than likely we'll enter twenty twenty three with uh, a timeshare between Kiz and Herrera, and then that kind of being a battle. Um but yeah, I think right now I, I think that unless Kisner gets traded when baseball comes back, I think that more than likely you're talking about um you know, a uh, uh, 60-40 split of time between Yachty and Kiz. I-, I think you're talking about Ivan Herrera coming up as one of the two players in September, if that rule sticks around. And uh, I think you're talking about 2023 with Herrera and Kisner uh, And a lot of fan angst, more than likely. As uh, like, I keep squinting, Quinn says, I love Tony Dalton in Better Call Saul. Really liking him in Hawkeye, too. Oh, yeah, man, you're not... Yeah, well, first off, let me, I don't know if I know who Tony Dalton is. I'm going to, let me Google search him, Tony Dalton. Oh, no, yeah, no, for real. I didn't, I did not know that that was Tony Dalton. How funny. No, I am with you. I, great actor, great actor. Yeah, he's, I love him. He's so charming. And uh, again, that last scene when they're in the living room and uh, he dances with Kate Bishop's mom. I love that scene, uh, you know, when he says the, he, he, he does the sayings wrong, like, I love that. Uh, any chance arbitration goes away? No. No, it it'll get modified in some capacity. Like, even if the players can hold off, uh, um, even if the players can hold off and get arbitration in five years instead of six or whatever, and the elimination of the Super 2, however that works, I, I would suspect that there's at least some type of arbitration moving forward. Uh, Quinn says, Jacob DeGrom better watch out if he has to deal with Jordan Walker again. Yeah, you know, uh, all Jordan Walker needed to do was see him once, and then the second time it would have been bad. Uh, Trisha Hudson says, drinking Elijah Craig right now. Try Widow Jane. It's awesome. Uh, uh, Trisha, I am going to write that down if I can find a pen. I cannot find a pen, but I'll write it down. You know, I love Angel's Envy. That's another really good boozy bourbon. Angel's Envy is good to uh, make uh, uh, booze with. Uh, it's like, so I've been on an old-fashioned kick, uh, So, and I like 1843 and Angel's Envy to make old fashions. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Ed Meyers says, There's a whiskey brand called West Bottoms Whiskey Co. out of KC that my friends who are more whiskey-inclined really enjoy. I'm kind of a, uh, I'm kind of a, a snob, I usually only drink uh, uh, whiskey from Kentucky, uh, but for the most, look, I'll try anything, so I'll keep that in mind. Thanks for the heads up, Ed Meyer, I love it. Uh, Holy shit! says, hey Kyle, FMK, uh, third baseman for the Cardinals, first baseman for the Cardinals, or left fielder from the Cardinals? Uh, I'm going to fucking marry the left fielder from the Cardinals, and then I'll probably end up killing uh, myself, uh, because I'm not willing to make that uh, that compromise right now Trisha to you I raise my glass I hope you're enjoying your Elijah Craig I'm enjoying my four roses I'll definitely check out Widow Jane Quinn says as someone who started watching in 05 imagining anyone platooning a catcher seems insane to me yeah, yeah, you know, Quinn. You know what's even more insane is as somebody who watched in 05, as somebody who watched in 10, as somebody who watched in 15, uh, and even as somebody who watched in 2020, the idea of a platoon of catcher is crazy, and that's just how dynamic and good Yadier Molina has been for all these years. Hey, Hack Muff, what's up, bud? Happy uh anniversary. That's all I have time for tonight. Hope you have a great night and happy holiday season. Hack, thank you for being a great friend to me and and the girl to me and Ashley. Uh, you're an awesome dude. Uh, thank you so much. You're the best. To hack muff, I raise my glass. Also, hack, one of my favorite parts of the 2021 season was uh, hanging out with you and your girlfriend, man. I love that night. That was a great night. Uh, I'm sorry that I was completely cashed that night, but it was a great night. Okay, so here's where we are at, right? Um, oh, wait, Graham, you're messing with us, right? Uh, Let's see. Where did Graham say? Where's Graham at? Where's Graham at? Where's Graham at? It was last thing Graham said. I don't even know how this thing works. Graham, 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 Graham. Graham it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so hold on. Messages, messages. Shared a tweet. What do you say? Uh, Mike Schilders, did a job in Commissioner's office. Holy cow! Well, that's big news uh, from MLB trade rumors. Um, Gifts. Thank you, Cardinals Gifts, who's the best, says, shield is expected to take a role in the on-field operations department working under senior VP Michael Hill. So that's a little bit of news we get to talk about here. That's good. I think that's a great role for Mike shield I, I wanted him, so I'll be honest with you, I didn't want him to be a manager. I think he's an okay manager. I think that his talents are wasted uh, on the field. I think that's the kind of guy who would be great in a front office role. I think that's the kind of gra- guy who would be great... Uh, in a uh, on-field operations role, that's that is a great move for Mike Schilt. That's a great move for Major League Baseball. Gifts to you, sir. I tip my cap as always. Speaking of tipping my cap, look at all these amazing beanie caps I have. Thanks to gifts, I've got. Look at this. I've got this beautiful birds uh, 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 thing here, and I got this beautiful one. I'm gonna wear the red one, and I've got the black prospects after dark, and I've got a purple one that, but that's in my car because I've been wearing it. Uh, so I'm gonna put the uh, the. Oh no, I want the red one. I love the red one because I think I'm the only one who has a red one. Am I right about that? Oh my God! Look at that! Look at that! I'm gonna put the glasses back on. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to Mike Schilt. That's a great role. It's a great role for him. It's a great role for Major League Baseball, and uh, I'm stoked about it. Honestly, like that uh, uh, is the Holy Grail pad beanie. I'm so lucky to have it. Um, but anyways, as we uh, as we say, Sam Adams Ed Meyer says, Sam Adams Reunion IPA is surprisingly good. I'll be honest, to Ed Meyer. I like oh hey sir smokes where the hell you been welcome to prospects after dark take your shirt off all right I'll take my shirt off <laughs> there there it's off uh, now that I've got my head covered my shirt is uh my shirt is off boy I've gotten doughy uh yeah so Sam Admin, I like a lot of the Sam Ad- the Sam Adams beers. They're all very tasty. Somebody took a picture. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, so anyways, for all of my pad people, I take my shirt off for you because you're amazing. But for uh, years now, however long it's been, because nobody really knows how to add, because we're all uh, derelicts here uh, on Prospects After Dark, Um, uh, however long Nelly would be proud from Quinn. Uh, I just need like a Band-Aid or something over here, right? Isn't that Nelly's thing? Uh, For everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am thankful for the pad community. Uh, It's fun to do this whenever we do it. We'll do it one more time before Christmas, but this is just as much your anniversary as it is mine, uh, to, to pad to Cardinals gifts. Uh, gifts, I love you. I love you like a brother. Uh, the, I, as much as I could possibly love anybody that isn't actually related to me uh, uh, or that I'm dating, I raise my glass. Greg Petty, what's up? Uh, X says, any of those pitchers the Cardinals picked up during the season for minor league filler coming back? Um... Oh, you mean like Jose Quezada is? Uh, he will almost certainly come back. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Tyler Pike, they signed Tyler Pike. Boy, I haven't thought about this at all. Um, so Tyler Pike is coming back. Uh, oh, man. Um, from a hitting perspective, uh, Clint Coulter's coming back. Oh, man, I'm forgetting. I, I am forgetting. Hello, Gus Sports. What's up? Um... I am forgetting somebody. I can't remember who. I'm forgetting a couple a couple people. But yeah, like over the last couple years, uh, 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 Victor Robles, I think, is coming back. Over the last couple years, some of the guys that they brought in is minor league depth. Uh, Corey Thompson, from what I understand, is coming back. The relief pitcher, fastball slider. Uh, I do believe Corey Thompson is coming back. I'm not 100% sure. Brandon Waddell is major league depth. Uh, he's on the 40-man, Quinn. Life's weird. LJ Newsome is coming back, as long as he's not down now. Yeah, LJ Newsome's coming back. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, again, uh, as you know, as we as we begin to cap off the evening, uh, I'm going to give myself a little bit more booze, uh, and I'm going to say, um, "Do you think cards make any real attempts at Rondon or a major starting pitcher?" No, no, I would rule that out. I think you're talking about at this point. You know, they've got their middle of the rotation starting pitcher. I think that uh, I think that they're just going to add depth from here on out. Um, you know. That, that, that's what I think. I, I don't think that uh, anybody else is a realistic option, uh, specifically Rondone. And now, that doesn't mean that they won't jump on somebody if they can get a deal. I could see that happening. Um, but uh, I think right now, as it stands, you're talking about, you know, the J A hap type, the, the J-Hap type, the... You know, Lester type, the LeBlanc type, something like that. I think that's more than likely. Somebody who's willing to accept a swing role between, you know, getting a chance to compete for a starting spot and also, like, logging innings as a long relief uh, option. That is, you know, major league established, so you don't have to rely on some unproven minor leaguer to to, to have that role. Uh, But, you know... The the real fast as as we start getting more and more questions. Do you think uh, question? Who's a better pitcher, Gavin Newsom or L J Newsom? L J Newsom. I was really excited about the L J Newsom. I hope he can stay healthy because I think he could be a really interesting uh, addition to uh, to uh, the Cardinals uh, from a depth standpoint. Depth standpoint, I like L J Newsom. He hasn't had a lot of success at the major league levels, but neither did Giovanni Gallegos. I think Newsom is the kind of guy who could, if he's healthy, actually be that depth at the minor leagues. That swing type role that the cardinals need uh, i want to take a second before i get too far away to to tip my cap tip my cap and raise my glass to the birds on the black family i'll start with cardinals gifts who i've been gushing over all night i love you freaking cards i love you you're basically a part of the family uh, I, i'm gonna start with Stu styles because i don't give Stu styles enough credit for how fucking awesome of a duty is how talented of a scorekeeper he is and just how all like round like all around great guy he is uh, Stu styles is the fucking best He's also an incredible musician. So keep an eye out for Stu dropping dropping his tracks. Uh, Ben Cerruti, who I'm doing the countdown with. I love Ben. He's an awesome guy. Enchil, who uh, does amazing graphics and is part of our happy little family. I love him. Tara Wellman, uh, uh, Tara Nichols, and Alex Crissafoli, who do chirps. I love that podcast. They're amazing. Great people. Uh, Throughout the years, we've had some really awesome people at at Birds on the Black, uh, STL Cup of Joe, Zach Gifford, who I love and miss with all my heart. Um, uh, You know, uh, everyone. Like, I just... Uh, We've we've been very, very fortunate to cultivate an amazing community. GIFS has cultivated an amazing community through Birds on the Black. I've been able to poach some of that. uh, And we, as Prospects After Dark, this community, have been able to poach some of that and turn this into another long-lasting and thriving community as it is. So I'm thankful to all of the Birds on the Black uh, people, all of the Prospects After Dark people, for cultivating this community uh, as we still again, as I said earlier, to the birds on the black people, to the pad people, this is your anniversary. It's not mine. I'll continue to do this as long as you like this. I also don't want to get paid to do this. That's something I've definitely learned in the last couple months. I'm not interested in getting paid to do pad. I'll provide my content for free because that's not what pad is. It's not. It's not my content. I say my content. It's your content. We're all a part of this. This is our thing. It's not for me to sell. It's for us to take part in. And that's who I am. And that's what this is. So to you, the pad people, to the birds on the black people, I raise my glass. We're more than money, brother, uh, brothers and sisters. We are a movement. And uh, it's your movement. And I'm just an asshole who's shirtless with a beanie cap on. So thank you, pad people. Thank you, bot people. Happy anniversary. Just in, Schilt expected to take a position in the commissioner's office. That's right, C. Dunn. We just talked about that a second ago. Gifts clued us in on that. Cardinals legend Tyson Ross. I love Tyson Ross. He was really good for the Cardinals. Quinn says, didn't Gallegos have like three innings with the Yankees? Uh, man, I thought it was more than that, but it might have only been three, to be honest. What's up, Sir Smokes? Uh, Quinn says, or oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking of Justin Williams. He had one major league plate appearance with the Rays. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what happens with Justin Williams. I hope he signs somewhere and has a really good, um, good uh, career somewhere. As like a fourth outfielder or whatever. Uh, Sir Smokes, it says, who makes it to STL first? <laughs> uh, Libertor Gorman? I'll say Gorman. Uh, and Myers over on YouTube says, starting to sound a little revolutionary. Uh, hey, look, if you're watching this, you're part of the reese uh, so yes, we are Viva la Revolución, baby. Look, we're all about respect and love over here, and if that's a revolution, then, uh, you're living in the wrong, uh, uh, you're living in the wrong world. Diff says, I didn't do shit. Yeah, you're just like me, bud. You're too modest for your own good. Um, he says, you're the best. No, bud, you are. Look, we're in this together. We're like, uh, we're like the, the husband and wife of Twitter, baby. Uh, that's how I view it. With, uh, with Cardinal, with, uh, C70, Shoptall is our cuck. That's how I view our relationship. You and me, uh, we're both the wives. We're in a, a very, very, uh, sexual, lesbianic relationship. And, uh, uh, Shoptal sits in the corner and pleasures himself to it. That's, that's what I think goes on. Uh, used to fly the L says, if Pad lasts longer than four hours, call your doctor. Yeah, if Pad, we're going on like an hour and 20 minutes. We should really shut this thing up. Uh, what's up, Dylan, STL? Or whatever. Colin Dunn says, Kyle, I would be remiss if I didn't mention how good you look this evening, especially now short, the shirtless. To you, Colin Dunn, I raise my glass. Thank you for being in here, bud. Uh, Quinn says, I'll never forget Williams hitting an absolute laser off the foul pole to break up Bowers' no-hitter. Yeah, you know, that's, Justin Williams hits the ball hard. There's going to be a team who's going to like that and employ that. And also, just kind of like, real fast. Justin Williams doesn't have a deal. He's going to sign a minor league deal. The Mets signed Nick Plummer to a major league deal. Why? Because Nick Plummer is a major leaguer. I've heard a lot of really poor scouting reports say he's a poor runner. He's an okay runner. He's not great. I've heard a lot of people call him a bad outfielder. He's not a bad outfielder. He's okay. Ideally, you'd want him in left, but he can handle center. If you have a good manager, they can take care of him as a beautiful, perfect fourth outfielder. Uh, Nick Plummer going to the Mets for nothing is a fucking tragedy. I hate it. I hope he gets a chance to blow the fuck up because Nick Plummer is a legitimately good baseball player. He's a great human being and a good kid and a mentor to a lot of kids in the Cardinals organization. And uh, it was stupid what the Cardinals did. It was fucking stupid, and I hate it, and I hate it, and I hate it. And that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Cock 70 says he says Cardinals Gifts. That's right. Uh, can you break down Missouri basketball on the Missouri bowl game? Neck, <laughs> that's the funniest fucking... How about this? How about this for breaking down Missouri basketball and the bowl game? Yikes. 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 Look, I'll root for Mizzou nonstop. Uh, uh, you know, I'll root for Mizzou nonstop. I love the Missouri basketball program and baseball program and, bas- and football program, but they bad. And I'll be honest – and I only mean this from like a humor standpoint. I want the Mizzou basketball team to win. I want the Mizzou football team to win. Uh, but I would, also want, I would also love to see Army run for 1,000 yards and score 100 points. And I would love to see Illinois in the Bragging Rights game put up like 150 and maybe win by 100 points. I think it would be cool to see who wins by more, Army or Illinois. And uh, I'd like to see both score at least 100 points. I think that would be fun, right? Like it wouldn't be good. But it'd be fun. All you could do is laugh at that point. Ed Meyer says, hey, if there are any other nerds out there, watch Arcane. Just don't play. Uh, so I will. I, you know, Arcane is one of the things that I have, uh, like, queued up. Uh, I started watching Euphoria tonight. Holy fuck. I started, I watched, like, the first four episodes of Euphoria from HBO Max, and it was good. Like, that is a legitimately good show. It kind of reminds me of Sex Education on Netflix. If you haven't watched Sex Education on Netflix, it's a great fucking show. You need to. To watch it. you—it It is it is a great fucking show. But Euphoria, the first four episodes, five episodes or whatever, are great. Check that out. Ken um, Meyer says, breaking down Mizzou basketball. UMKC already did that. Yeah, that's a great, what a great place to end. So again, to all of the birds on the black people, all of the, the prospects after dark people, happy anniversary. Thank you for being here. Check out all of the Dirty Flirty. Uh, check out all of the annexes and check out the Shrine and an Argument, an ode to uh, uh, Fleet Foxes, a Shrine and Argument, um, to uh, Helplessness Blues, my favorite album, one of my like three favorite albums of all time. Uh, I, I raise my glass to you, um, uh, to Fleet Foxes, to the Pad people, to the Birds on the Black people. Check it all out. Check out the podcast. I raise my glass to you. Thank you for being a part of this. And that's all we got. I had ice. That's never happened before. Uh, happy anniversary, friggin' cards. I love you, bud. Uh, again, uh, getting to hang out with Hackmuff was a big deal. But uh, my favorite part of the entire season was getting to hang out with friggin' cards and Sarah Ann and Cardinals Gifts and Stu Styles And then a bunch of other people. Uh, Tito. Uh, 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 Rachel Boyd. Um, uh, Logan. Uh, Fish. Fish. Um, and I'm gonna forget a bunch of people, uh, but getting to hang out and meet with them was the happiest moment. Of, uh, like the happiest part of my entire season. Uh, uh, that was really cool. Also, like that that night, um, Bianca Ascanio was there, and she's what a sweet and awesome person. Like I've got to be able, to, I've been able to meet and tell Oh, Quinn, yeah, Quinn, Quinn, you gotta fuck Sarah Ann for us, but please fuck Sarah Ann. Like I just don't understand why you why it hasn't happened yet. And I know she's in Arizona, uh, but. Just, just please bang Sarah Ann. Or Sarah Ann, look, you don't even have to do any work. Sarah Ann will bang you. Uh, I, I, I promise it, Quinn. It'll be magical. It'll be the, the deflowering that you deserve, that I deserve, to be honest. Uh, but it's the, flowering that you deserve. Uh, and God will be with you. Um, but to uh, VHS who waves, VHS, you're an awesome dude. I love interacting with you. Uh, slide into my DMs and tell me what you think of Hawkeye. I'd love to know. Travis Janik is joining. Hello, Travis. Admire. Uh, happy anniversary. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate it. But... Uh, for Eric Thomas, who's no longer on Twitter or part of the PAD people, uh, if you watch this tonight, you are part of the Reese Resistance. Happy anniversary, PAD people. Um, uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, it is my absolute joy to do Prospects After Dark semi regularly. Um, you guys are great and it's a blast, and I'm lucky, and I don't know how we cultivated something like this, but we did it, and we're going to continue to do it. We'll see you before Christmas, and we'll see you intermittently after Christmas. Uh, but for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, I am Kyle Reese. Uh, you're part of the reese Resistance, And as always, family, happy hunting and uh, happy holidays.